Season 4, Episode 42 of Bracket, Bubbles, and Bit Stealers. I am Sam Fetterman. That is Jonathan Litskin. Jonathan, how are you doing tonight? Well, tonight I'm doing great, Sam. Just specifically tonight, I'm doing great. Not saying I wasn't doing good earlier today, but... So fun. It was a good night of college basketball. I decided really to only focus on watching two games tonight. I usually have the multi-screen setup going on, but tonight I just focused on two. I don't know why. I just kind of sat down and figured I would. And also Fox Sports doesn't work on my other TV, and which is a problem when the best games of the night are on ESPN. Yeah. Um, so the first game that you had, you had eyes on tonight, South Carolina and Ole Miss in Columbia. South Carolina jumped from unranked into the top 15 this week, and they backed that up with a home win against the Rebels. What did you see? I should say two and a half then, because I watched like half of this game and like most of the UNC and Baylor games. With this one, you know, I've been trying to figure, and I texted you this. I was trying to figure, I've been trying to figure out for weeks what South Carolina is like good at, because they've been getting all these big wins, and it, it just seems like, they said they kind of wear wear you down and scra- scrape out these like physical victories, and then I think you and I both saw the same thing tonight. South Carolina forces you into taking a ton of tough and inefficient shots. They make you take a ton of mid range shots. They don't let you get to the basket, and that's what we saw tonight. And credit to Ole Miss who worked their way back into this in the second half by hitting a ton of those tough shots. But South Carolina just played too well. I think they split they spaced the floor pretty well as well, and then. They have a guy who is one of the best passers in the country, I'd say, in Talon Cooper. Yeah, I think for for South Carolina, Ole Miss only attempted 10 threes. And it didn't feel like Ole Miss was getting really anything that they wanted at the basket. So the fact that they were able to shoot 53% from inside the arc, South Carolina should have won this game by more than three. South Carolina was the clearly better team today. Even though they went 9 for 27 for 3, they won the battle on the glass. They had 16 assists. And they forced a ton of just mid-range tough shots that I thought Alan Flanagan did an excellent job of hitting. But, I mean, the impact that Michi Johnson had on tonight's game, the impact that Talon Cooper has had all year, and the, and the guy who might be the best player on this team right now is Colin Murray Boyles, who... Yeah, he's been a pretty outstanding freshman. Play, plays a lot bigger than his size at 6'7", is a pure post player, and it's just super physical. I mean, that's what South Carolina clearly was targeting and going for in their front court. Just these undersized guys that could be super physical, that maybe can switch and guard a couple different positions. And, like, that's what B.J. Mack and Colin Murray Boyles are. And like they do have a seven foot footer off the bench in Josh Gray, but he only played 17 minutes. He is clearly not the go-to guy in that front court. South Carolina has a very specific way they design their roster. They have a very specific style and they execute it really well. Yeah. I've been, I think Lamont Paris has established what he wants this South Carolina team to be, what he wants mm-hmm. to build this program around. And I think that he's done a really great job of that at the moment because Look, they may be top 10 in the country in Ken Palm Luck rating. Sorry, 12th. They're 20 and 3. They're mm-hmm. 43rd in Ken Palm. But there's a clear identity here for this team. 
They want to drag you out. They want to beat you in a rock fight. They want to slow you down. And they're able to do that and pull out these close games against some really good basketball teams that are that are coached by some really great coaches in the SEC. I mean, Chris Beard, um, they, they almost came back in this one. But the fact of the matter is, B.J. Mack and Michi Johnson combined for 12 points, and South Carolina was the significantly superior team against a team that's probably going to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, South Carolina is interesting because, like, you look at their scars and you think, wow, like, what a good defensive team. They keep everyone under 70, and, like, they're just super impressive on that end. What is actually more impressive is, don't get me wrong, their defense is good. But the pace they play at is what you want to look at. They play really, really slow. And like Ole Miss actually scored over a point per possession tonight, despite all the tough shots that we talked about them being forced into, and despite shooting the ball pretty well. Like South Carolina just plays ridiculously slow. And while their defense is good, I think people will probably mistake it for like elite. I think it is elite. You do. I know that. I know that they only. I know that they're forty first in Ken Palm defense, but I think it's been really good lately. They're second in the SEC in defense. They don't foul. They force tough shots. They don't allow you to take threes. They restrict. They restrict ball movement. They basically mm-hmm. do everything that you need to do. They force the twelfth. I think hardest shots in the country of anyone first shot. Yeah, quality. that's something you told me earlier. That's an elite defense. By the way, just eyeballing it, they've only given up four, seventy points four times this year. Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Virginia Tech. Yeah, no, I don't know if there is a team in the country this year that has done a better job at playing their game than South Carolina. Yeah. Just they they played like they beat they, they they are one of two teams to beat Grand Canyon. They beat um Tennessee in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like they they're really they're they're legit. Like this is an elite defense, an excellent head coach who had some really good teams at Chattanooga. I mean, he won twenty seven games two years ago at Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. They went eighteen and eight two three uh, three years ago, twenty and thirteen the year before that. It took it didn't take him very long to get things rolling. I mean, Chattanooga is not um, not a difficult job. It's probably top three job in that conference. Yeah, but um, that's just how good I think Lamont Paris can be. He, he can get that ball rolling really quickly. Yeah, I think it's super interesting because like we'll as we really get down the stretch here, like we're not going to stop. I don't think I'd call South Carolina a unique team. Like, every team is unique in their own way, sure. But when we say unique, we're talking about, like, super tough style to, like, prepare for that you can't really simulate in a practice setting. I don't think I'd call South Carolina unique. But I do think they'd be, they're going to be really tough to prepare for on a one-day scout in the NCAA tournament. Just I because- also just think that there's not a lot of teams that just, like, are physical like that at that size. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know what? It, in terms of physicality, it kind of reminds me of what Quinnipiac does, but Quinnipiac has a lot more. I scores. think it's tough to not not, not saying Quinnipiac's better that they're not, but like it's just in terms Quinnipiac of the way is not that, better. And Quinnipiac plays super fast, 
But like in terms of just the physicality, even though they might be a little undersized at the top of the front court, because they, they can just stack six, seven, and six, eight guys out there that are just super strong and super athletic that can really rebound and that can just force you out of force you out of your sets while Quinnipiac does that to speed you up. South Carolina does it to slow you down. Yeah, I think one one of the things that I noticed tonight, specifically in the first half when I was watching them, is I think people are kind of surprised by how hard South Carolina plays. Like they they really get after you and and make life difficult. And I like there are a few teams in the country that defend at the point of attack as well as they do. Anything else on this one? Um, I mean, I just think that I, I still think Ole Miss is a tournament team. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think anything changes there. You go on the road to a top fifteen team in the country, and you lose. But I do think that they they need another big win. They have Kentucky coming up next Tuesday. They still have South Carolina and Alabama at home. Probably got to win one of those games. By the way, is your mouth okay? My fr- my friend just texted me. He's a little concerned. <laughs> I have a canker sore. It's not good. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's good. I got to deal with Aiden, that. Aiden, if you're still watching, Sam is is, is okay. <laughs> it's, it's not good. Like, something's wrong, but I don't know how to deal with it right now. I don't have any, like, I don't have any canker sore stuff on me. So, like, there's nothing yeah. I can do. I don't know. You need like what, like like wax or like gauze for that, right? There's like a cream. All right. Well, I hope you're okay to talk still because we got a hangover game to talk about. You start. I'm gonna see if I can DoorDash some some canker sore stuff. What a, what a world we live in. Um, <laughs> So 7.40 p.m. UNC coming off the big win in the rivalry on Saturday. Loses at home to Clemson. It is the Clemson Tigers' just second win ever in Chapel Hill. This was an interesting one because of the way it started. Clemson went on a 15-2 run to start the game and really just established kind of the way it was going to be played. But I thought both teams were playing at a pretty – fast pace they they were both hitting shots i thought clemson specifically did a really nice job on the on the glass out out rebounded unc let me see here 40 it's actually 43 it's actually 43 42 in favor of you unc but clemson clemson i thought just did a really nice jo- job on the on the boards overall you you nailed this ian shefflin thing early in in the year he is so important for them the energy he brings when he's on the floor is so vital to their success and then pj hall at times tonight looks right, pretty, my is gonna be my cancer thing's gonna be here in 20 minutes <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh boy all right <laughs> like what a world like it's just 11 42 p.m i'm watching saint mary's 23 pacific 11 with under five minutes <laughs> <laughs> And I could just order canker sore medicine. Um, 
Yeah, but I, Ian Shefflin. I, I, was is... I was watching this. Wait, wait, I was watching this tonight. One of the thoughts that crossed my mind: Does Jack Clark just like try to find his way onto like every middle of the road ACC team possible? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, it's only the I second think, one. I think Jack. I think Jack Clark likes the thrill of living on the bubble. <laughs> he was at LaSalle for three years, so like, yeah, maybe not then. <laughs> Um, regardless of that, Paxton Moshik playing 22 minutes, highest total of the season. Why? I mean, I guess Seth Trimble's out. True. But like, I think that tells, tells you a lot about how important Seth Trimble is for them. I think that tells you a lot about, yeah, what Seth Trimble can do for them. Cause Seth Trimble has a 106.8 offensive rating. That that's pretty good. I mean, Paxson Woshik is, is he wasn't he he was he was pretty good at Brown. Like that's it. Like he was yeah. pretty good. I mean, some some guys like some some guys when they transfer up like aren't as good as the level they transferred to. Yeah, and like Elliot Cadeau, they only got 20 minutes from him. Like, he doesn't play... Elliot Cadeau is not a workhorse. He's not a workhorse yet. And they need him to eventually become a workhorse. Maybe not this year. RJ Davis is a workhorse. Number one in minutes played in the ACC. That's fine. I'm in I'm in one of those situations that... I'm in one of those, like, if I say what I think, I, I'll be suspended situations. Say what you think. UNC team. Say what uh, you think. And I want to preface this by saying that, like, Elliot Cadell was my number one freshman in the country coming into this year. Like, I don't know if there can be a bigger fan of the guy that is a not, not a UNC fan than me. And, like, I am a Duke fan. I'm worried about UNC's, like, tournament success playing a fresh a, a reclass freshman point guard. I get it. I just think that they came out tonight and they got, and like nothing again. Like UNC is an old team. Like they're an old team this year. They're fourth in Division yeah. One experience. Like, like if anyone can make that work, it, it might. It probably is. It probably is them. But they came out tonight, and Chase Hunter was great. Even though he shot three for twelve, he, he had five assists. He he did his thing on defense. Joe Girard hit five threes. P.J. Hall hit four threes. Ian Shefflin had 11 rebounds. Jack Clark had seven rebounds. And when Elliot, and when you're without Seth Trimble and you have to go to Paxton Wilshick as much as you do, UNC, I don't think, is deep at all. And I, I don't think Clemson's particularly deep either. But UNC doesn't have a lot of margin for error. They're, they're deeper. They're deeper than they were last year and two years ago. But they're not deep. And I don't think that leaves them a lot of margin for error in games like this, where mm -hmm. if you get behind, they're going to stay behind most of the game. RJ Davis has also shot really poorly from two of the last couple games. Yeah. Two of 10 tonight, three of 11 on Saturday. Not it's worried. Obviously I mean, not something that we're going to get worked up about, but just something to point out. He hasn't been as good and they lost tonight. No, I'm not worried. I still think this is a top 10 team in the country. That's probably about it, though. 
I, I, I don't know. Oh, Clemson, by the way, Clemson's running some really good actions for Gerard. No, yeah. He, Brownell, he, he's doing a ton of space. Brownell's running some really good stuff. Gerard is shooting 43% from three. Best best year of his career. Mm-hmm. Like I saw, I saw some flares. I, I saw some some down screens for him. It's, it's wild what you do when you actually set screens and you don't just like <laughs> this, and you don't just like is... give him the ball and ask him to dribble. This this podcast once again has become a Syracuse basketball rant. <laughs> it, it's wild what happens when you actually set screens and you don't just ask them to dribble or shoot. Also, like he, he's just not a point guard, and they like they were playing him as a point guard. Shut up. Let's let's try not to talk about that. Um, anyway, um, I mean PJ Hall is still like an all American. Like yeah, it's not like, as good as, more so- it's, it's not as good as it was early in the season, but he's an all American. Is, is he gonna finish? He probably won't finish ahead of Flip, but is he gonna finish third for ACC player? He of should the year? finish ahead of Flip. Oh, I agree with you, but I'm not going to be o- overly talking about that <laughs> for more than one obvious reason to us. <laughs> um, I mean, the question then is like, I still probably take Salas over him, but yeah, like that was, was like, I was going to say is like a wake guard above him. <laughs> oh no, you know who's above him? Benny Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready to look. Jesus. I'll tell you who's not above him, though. Judah Mintz. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Judah Mintz is ACC Body Language Man of the Year. <laughs> that, that, that would be an award he'd win. <laughs> By the way, Ken, Ken Palm has ACC Player of the Year as Flip 1, RJ Davis 2, PJ Hall 3, Baycott 4. What in the world is he doing on here? <laughs> and 5, Reese Beekman. No Hunter Salas. That's disappointing. Anyway, uh, more ACC stuff. Virginia's a wagon. Oh, Virginia's back, baby, dude. Like, I have a I have a plus five hundred future on them to win the ACC. It is very season. much alive now. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're one game back right now, and it feels like they're playing a lot better basketball than UNC. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually now curious. I'm gonna look it up. To see what they have been in Torvik over the last month. It's it's not quite as high. I think it's like top ten. That still would be pretty high, honestly, higher than I expected. Yeah. They're, 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 by the way, uh, guess the St. Mary's Pacific score with two minutes left in the first half. Uh, I have CBS on my phone right now, so I won't look down at it. Virginia's twenty-two, by the way, over the last month. I don't think that. Uh, no, no, no but, but look since January seventeenth. Since January seventeenth, yeah. Also, I'm gonna say it is twenty nine. What, what what was the last update you gave me? Twenty five eleven. Twenty three eleven. There's now eighty five seconds left in the first half. Actually, let, let's wait until halftime, and you'll guess the score at halftime. Are are you there? All right, he's gone. But regardless, 
Let's wait until halftime. You'll guess the score at halftime. Okay. You said you said it was 2311 though when you gave me that update. I don't even remember at this point. Okay. Well, I turned off my phone, so or at least put it face down so I won't look at the score. Um, you said since January 17th. Yes. On the Virginia stuff, they're fourth. Yeah. Seven and up. Yep. Only only teams higher. Trivia Purdue. time. Huh? Trivia time. Well, I just gave you one. UConn. This is the dumbest trivia time ever. The three. I'm. I'm not even giving you this one. The three teams above them are the th- three teams that would be the no- top three overall seeds in the tournament right now. Oh, Purdue, UConn, and Houston. Huh? Purdue, UConn, and Houston. Yes. No, actually, I. Dude, Louisiana Tech is seventh. Hello. Let them cook. Hello. Let Talvin Hester cook. Where's, where's Pacific over the span? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, the oh, 286. No. Really? That is higher than I thought they would be. Trivia time. Who's last since J- January 17th? Is it Sienna? No, Sienna is 359. <laughs> is it Miss Valley State? It is. Oh, come on. Come on, boys! You have to at least put put together one good stretch, where you're like, "Hey, they took they like took Pacific to overtime on the road, huh? They took Pacific to overtime on the road." Oh yeah, that's looking like a real quality loss. <laughs> what is Mississippi Valley State's like best performance of the season according to Torvik? Let's, let's oh. see. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just pull- looking at their Ken Palm oh, sheet. Oh my god, they don't have a single game score above a 22. They they only have 3 game scores above a 7. They're oh <laughs> they're 0 and 9 in the swack. They and... got a 22, by the way, against Yukon. Hey, that's got that that's got to count for something, right? <laughs> they only lost by 34. Jesus. In a game where Jaden Ross played 17 minutes. This season. Apostolos Romaglu played six. This this season, Mississippi Valley State has given up 100 points the same amount of times they've scored 70. All right. It is now officially halftime. All right. I'm going to call it. St. Mary's 31, Pacific 16. The score is St. Mary's 37, Pacific 19. Hey, 19's on on pace to beat what they got last time. That is correct. (laughs) And it's not just on pace to beat it. It's on pace to beat it by like an additional almost 50%. Dude. I love how Pacific scores 19 points and a half and we're like giving them a round of applause here. That's just all right. Regardless, <laughs> well, you want to talk about some other games that actually took place tonight, um, or yesterday? Sure, Miami. Oh God, that that was a proud program once upon a time. Once meaning upon like, a eight months meaning ago, meaning like ten months ago. <laughs> <laughs> once, what were they top ten entering the season? 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't have them nearly that the high. Pre- but... I'm gonna be honest with you. The preseason AP poll, like we like everyone got so much. It feels like everyone got more wrong this year than than in the past. I mean, it stunk. Yeah, like I- I'm gonna I'm gonna go back how, and look. How at... many current top ten teams in the AP poll are still top ten in Ken Palm? Hold on, hold on. Preseason top ten. Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, Marquette, UConn, Houston, Creighton, Tennessee, FAU. Miami was 13th. I count I counted three teams that are still in the top ten in Ken Palm. Am I correct? I, I don't even know. You said you said you said Purdue still is. Oh, Marquette still is, so I guess it's four. Purdue, UConn, Houston, oh, Tennessee Marquette, five. Okay, that's not that's not that bad. No, that's not terrible. That's I mean USC was 21st. We both had them in the top 10, right? USC? No, I didn't have them in the top 10. I started I moved them lower when Bronny um had the heart problem over the summer. Right, right, right. I but can't wait they, to do my. But top they probably would have been like eleven for me if that didn't happen. I can't wait to do my top one hundred again and just get it even more wrong. Because like over the off season, like you think you have it, you think like you have it all figured out, mm-hmm. and then just like Jaden Ladee becomes an All American. At, <laughs> at least we, at least we didn't have to like. If at least we didn't sit around all offseason only for our preseason national champion to lose to James Madison on opening night. <laughs> That's not a shot at anyone directly, by the way. It's just like if you had Michigan State as your preseason national champion, what do you what were you doing? If you have anyone as your preseason national champion, why are you picking a national No, I'm okay with that. Game? Preseason final four is where I cross the line. Yeah. Somebody's preseason national champion. <laughs> Some somebody's preseason national champion is five and six in the Big East. <laughs> I forgot about that. Although I swear he picked like four different preseason national champions. <laughs> no, he absolutely did. <laughs> All right. Uh, any thoughts? Did you watch any Texas Tech Baylor? I watched like the last five minutes. It was a grind. Yeah, I had my eye on it a little. Texas Tech made a nice push after Baylor pulled away. Like, I just don't know how to seriously, I I should be taking Baylor. Like their defense, this feels like the exact same team as last year. Honestly, I don't think they're as good as last year. Like, I think they are better. I, 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 I I don't think the backcourt's as good. They are better in their front court, worse in their backcourt. Which for Baylor, that's not a good thing because they're very backcourt reliant. I agree. Texas Tech, like despite the loss, like still kind of buy them. Like not not kind of. I do. By the way, this is now three losses in a row for Texas Tech, and they still have to go to Hilton in eleven days. They have Kansas coming to United Supermarkets Arena on on next Monday, big Monday. That's a big one. That's a that's that's one because Texas Tech right now is far from a tournament lock. Yeah, I'd probably they're like a six or seven seed, probably a seven. Honestly, maybe even lower than that right now. I don't remember where I had them, but I think it was a seven. 
Because look, Texas Tech has three quad one wins. They do not have a single quad two win. They have three wins in the first two quads. Mm -hmm. That's not a tournament resume. Right. I mean, they're good. They're a tournament caliber team. They need to get some wins. They need to get yeah, quality luckily, wins. Luckily, you have your get-right game against DCF at home this weekend. That's a quad then, two. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, could Kansas freaking win at Glenbrook North High School right now? Like, that, that team's a disaster on the road. Is, is Kansas' best road win this year at Indiana? Kansas has two – Kansas is two and four on the road. Their wins are a four-point win against Indiana. And like a and slaughtering like, of Oklahoma State. 24-point win at the most uninteresting team in the country. By the way, I did not watch a second of Houston basketball tonight because they were playing the most uninteresting team in the country. <laughs> did it need to? I mean, we, we know what happens with Houston when they play teams that are terrible. <laughs> we watched it for the last five years in the American <laughs> Uh, what else we got tonight? Did uh, did Oklahoma ended up end up getting that win? Oh, by sixteen! Mm. Wow, good for them. Big yeah, game, big um, game for Milos. Yeah, Milo Suzanne was good. Javian was great. Waterman I mean, going when, when, Waterman when going without Waterman going one for five from three and having an offensive rating at, at fifty five is probably not a recipe for success. No, I mean when you're without Ali Khalifa, it just makes the offense. I mean they had, they did twelve assists to eight turnovers today. This is the mm -hmm. team that's fourth in the country in in assists per field goal. They and they play super fast. Like they they're averaging what sixteen assists a game. Yeah, I think over. I think with BYU, it's critical they have both of those guys in the front court, Triore and Khalifa, because they both do such different things and. They're both like kind of like the only guys on those teams that can do the things they do. Yeah, they're they're, they're among the only guys in the country that can do the things. That it do. is it is really Sorry, hard for BYU. they're averaging twenty assists a game. It's really hard for BYU to do all that dribble handoff stuff without Khalifa and they're averaging, they're averaging twenty assists per game. They had twelve today. You don't you don't win games that way. Yeah, and Triore is like their only threat of an interior scorer. Traore took 17 twos today. Nine, nine of 17 from two isn't going to cut it. Like, I know he's 6'6", six, six, and, like, he's not a typical post player, but they probably need him to be more efficient than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that – I just don't think that, like, the – I don't think that's their game. Like, the fact is, I think they need to be – reliant on that quick ball movement and i think treore maybe should and i think he's great but i i don't i don't know if their best lineups include him yeah i mean khalifa's number two in the country in conference play and assist rate like he is excellent for for them despite he's number two, number two in the big 12 in assist rate yeah, I, I think his injury is more of a short-term thing, so thankfully they get him back soon. But their offense completely changes when he's not on the floor. And then again, like, he only plays 39% of the minutes. Like, it's, it, they, they play a lot of minutes mm -hmm. without, like, a true five. 
or they'll play Waterman at the five, and that's fine. Because I think or or um a tiki at the five, and I, I think that's fine. Because their best game, their their best basketball is played when they're moving the ball quickly around the perimeter. And that's what they can do with Waterman at the five or and Robinson and then Saunders and then whatever. Yeah. Let's I mean, see. I still think I still think BYU is good. They're sixteen and six. They're four yeah. and five in the Big Twelve. They're a tournament team. Mm-hmm. They're a tournament team that's going to be tough to prepare for because of how fast they play and how well they shoot and how well they pass. But I, I again, I do not buy the defense one bit. I think that's a bad defense. Any yeah. other thoughts on these games? I think BYU's tournament game is going to be like first to 85 wins. Could be tournament games. Yeah, yeah depending on who they play. Um, VCU. Battle they've of the won, Rams. Yeah, they've won seven of eight. They won at Rose Hill today. Their only loss in that stretch is in Olean when they blew a 20-point lead. And guess who's coming up on Friday? Biggest game of the year in the A10. Bigger than the one that was pronounced or announced biggest game of the year in the A10 like two weeks ago. I think this VCU team is better than Richmond. I think I probably agree with you. Although I don't think this Richmond team's bad at all. No, no, no. I don't think they're bad. I just think that I mean they're they're kind of they're they're not too dissimilar to what the Richmond teams have been in the past because they they have um, they have the guards they don't really turn it over they, they have the post mm-hmm. but um, I think VCU is better just like looking at like since what since January 9th that's just go to Torvik over, over the last month, VCU They are 73rd. VCU is 59th over the last month. Richmond is 70th. Where are you seeing 59th? Since January 7th? Oh, I'm on January 6th. That's why. You're what? You're on what day? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think VCU is really good. The, the By the way, you know who VCU lost to on January sixth? Who they lost to on January sixth? GW. G- I don't know. <laughs> GW. Oh my god. Oh, the irony. Uh, VCU plays. Oh my god, they play on it's, Friday. It's still, 10 zero, it's still a zero bid league at heart. Do you know who they play on Friday ten next week? Who VCU plays? Yeah. No idea. Slew. I heard they heard, heard they've been fun recently. <laughs> That's gonna be a bloodbath. Dude. Actually, no, it's the Slew miraculously wins and Travis Ford saves his job game. <laughs> I'm not sure how much saving he can do at this point. Yeah, I, I'm wondering who unless, unless of course or unless of course the people in charge charge at Oregon State come and take take control there. <laughs> I'm going to use that joke for eternity. Because Wayne Dingle's going to be at Oregon State for eternity. Well, 
Oh, my God. <coughs> yeah, that's a big game. Dayton went on the road to St. Joe's today and won. Yeah, played played a great second officially, half. Officially cementing themselves as the best flyers in Philly. Wait, the, the hockey hey, team. Hey, they're having a good year. Yeah, I was about to say the hockey team's actually good. I can't really say I, that. Right now. I, I know you used to be. Uh, you're kind of like me that you used to be like way more into the NHL. But I, I have not. I mean, my team was Connor Bedard, and I don't watch. I haven't watched this year. Dude, my team won the. My team <laughs> broke the points record last year, and I didn't watch a single game. You watched the playoffs, though, right? Yeah, I had my eyes on it. I'm more invested in. I watched. I watched the playoffs the same the same way I watched Texas Tech Baylor tonight. It was on. That time of the year, I'm more. I'm my, my two priorities are search season and Shirley Donovan's account and baseball. Yeah, that too. Go Cubs. Anyway, but this like this is, all, this is like good, good for baseball. Good, good for Dayton. To go and get a road win tonight by 15 with Holmes not playing super well. Yeah. Like Santa Santos was the Ken Palm MVP. He had 20 awesome. hit hit two threes. He he's been spectacular for them this year. I feel like I haven't heard a ton about Kobe Elvis this year. Mm-hmm. If Dayton's gonna make a run in March, Kobe Elvis is the piece that people are gonna need to know. That's the that's the piece that gets them to the next level. I just think this this Dayton team is so like I just so scared. I, 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 just, I just here's the thing. They don't play a lot of guys. Yeah. They need they need the best out of everybody in March. And I think Kobe Elvis, like he can go for 20 on a given night. He just hasn't really done much this year. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he's had kind of a rough stretch in A10 play where he's just not I mean, but today he was awesome. And not that he's not that Elvis has been bad, but like he hasn't really been a focal point. I think that the best Dayton basketball is going to be when Elvis is playing really well. Yeah. I think overall they're just a nightmare to match up with because you have one of the best back to the basket post players in the country surrounded by one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. And oh, by the way, that back to the basket post player also shoots threes now. Which is which is um your happy learn to putt moment? That it's it's the Adama Sonogo thing from last year. Yeah, no, it, it's it's happy learn it's happy learn how to putt. Find the find the tweet. You know what tweet I'm talking about? Hey, the, the 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 parade one. Yeah, schedule the parade. That that was that's one of my best ever tweets. Yeah, you 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 should honestly have that book not bookmarked but pinned. It, you know what? I think I'm going to. You you should pin that. Well, once once I get to Amsterdam, I'll pin it. Good idea. I I should honestly pin some of my thoughts about Kentucky and Coach Cal. Which, by the way, congrats to Kentucky up to twenty third in Ken Palm now. Still twenty fourth actually. Still still haven't fixed the defense. But hundred fourth in defense. They allowed seventy seven points to Vanderbilt tonight. <laughs> you you. I just refuse to believe that you're going to get to the second weekend with the hundred four. With the by the way, that is the most points Vanderbilt has scored against a against a team in the SEC this year. It is Vanderbilt's third highest point total of the season. Name the two teams they scored more against. 
You said it was their highest in the SEC, so like yeah. no, no. Okay, uh, they were in a tournament out in Vegas with BYU, Arizona State, and NC State. I'm gonna say they scored over that against Arizona State. They scored 67 against against Arizona State, but you're on the right track. So NC State then, because yeah, NC State NC lost State. the first game to BYU. NC State 78. And then and the you'll, other one... You'll never get it. Just just throw out a random team. Tennessee Martin. You're not far off. It's Alabama A&M. That's pretty far off, I'd say. Not, not really. Not geographically, but like they don't even play in the same league. You're probably like within 10 spots of Ken Palm, I would say. It's fact check that. UT Martin's like really bad, right? UT Martin is 248th. Never mind. They are not bad. That that is a full 98 spots, my friend. Okay. UT Martin is 7-4 in the OVC. I am very sorry, Ryan. I hope you're not related to Desmond Ritter. (laughs) By by the way... um, I know what you're going to say here. No, you have no idea what I'm going to say now. (laughs) What, What in the world happened to Buffalo? George Halkovich happened. Dude, this used to be a proud program. Dude, they're 2-20. and 20. I don't know how they beat Central Michigan. Their only other win was like some D2 by like 5. Yeah, Roberts Wesleyan. Who, who's Roberts? Who's Wesleyan? Uh, to be fair, like, their non-con was tough. But like... Yeah, they, but do, do, you know, do you know the dominant score on Ken Palm? Um, yeah, I think so. Two of the top 12 games happened in the same MTE for them. That's tough. Against Hofstra and then against Iona. Where was that? Estero. Okay. By the way, guess guess the score. Guess the score. The score. The score of what? St. Mary's. Oh, how many how many minutes are we into the second half? Two. I'm gonna say Pacific has not scored a point yet. Yeah, they have. It's 47-23. Well. They have something to hit, hang their hat on. By the way, Yukon now up to um Something really good in 13th in Ken Palm defense. Thanks to Donovan Klingon today, who had 18, 14, and three blocks with three assists. It's comical how good he is, how impactful he is. He has an 18% assist rate in Big East play. Yeah. And like, I mean, we talked about it earlier. They don't even need him to play that much. And like, they're not, like, he's not getting to the line, like, at all. He, 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 he's getting a brutal whistle. In, in Big East play, 5.5 fouls to mm-hmm. 3.6 drawn for 40. Like, that's a brutal whistle. Yeah. I think once that starts to even out, once he starts to get really back into rhythm in terms of that, I mean, team's going to be unstoppable. By the way, um, 
the other day, like I was just like was thinking about this, and I meant to check it earlier. This is completely off topic, but there like, is no topic right now. Let's be honest do, here. Do you remember uh, the Duke UNC game on Saturday when Armando Baycott hit that like twenty foot jumper? Yeah, and I tweeted, "I'm like, if he's gonna hit that, just like tip your cap." Yeah. Well, Jaden Jaden quoted it with like, "This is a happy learns how to pot moment." Yeah, and. Dude, he's shot like two jumpers from that spot all year. Yeah. He's one, one from the left side, one from the right side. He's one for five on top of the key threes. I don't know why he's taking five top of the key threes. I think on that note, we can end the show. Yeah, I, th- I think that's it. All right. Well, if you look, came wait, here, wait, 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 wait. Do we need to discuss the events of Manhattan last night? The events of Manhattan? Over Tang. Sure. Over, over Arthur Kaluma. <laughs> Shouts to the great Craig Waddell for this one. Is he the best bad player or the worst good player? I think I, best bad player is probably the way to go at this point. I have no idea what he was thinking, but he's the only reason this game went to overtime. Yeah. By the way, shout out Kansas State's ball screen coverage at the end of regulation. I mean, that was just atrocious. <laughs> that was such a bad how the, game. How in the world do you not have anything that remotely resembles help defense on a middle of the floor ball screen? <laughs> that was such a bad basketball game, but like it turns it turned really good because Tyler Perry is the clutchest man alive. Always is, always will be. Look, if you're just going to give Tyler – if you're just going to, like, set an off-ball screen for Tyler Perry to be, like, wide open on the left wing for a three, like, he's going to hit that every time. It, it was by, – by the way, the best part of that whole thing last night was me going on Twitter at 11.30 p.m. Central Time and seeing Eric Haslam quoting my friends with, like, 80 Twitter followers. Then, <laughs> All right. You can take us home now. If you came to hear about Tyler Self's job and where he's currently working, came to the right place. If you came to hear about Canker Source, you came to the right place. By the way, I got to pick up my thing from downstairs. I know you do. And if you came to hear about Caleb Grill, what he's up to and what's going on in his life, well, you came to the right place. This has been Brackets, Bubbles, and Bid Stealers Season 4, Episode 42. We'll see you next time.